0: Greetings, magnificent souls, to the Lily Bewley podcast, where we have open and honest discussions about ourselves. This is your host, Lily Bewley, and I'm honored to have conversations here with thought leaders, visionaries, healers, and even solo conversations with myself about things I'm currently reflecting on. This is a place where we break down, break away, and break through our emotional trauma, allowing ourselves to attract health, build wealth, and live a peaceful life. We are tired of being sick and tired. We are tired, but we are not giving up. We know that there is something magnificent inside of us. And because we are fighting daily, hourly, and by the minute, fighting ourselves, our kids, our spouses, we have to do things differently. We have to break the cycle. We don't have a million chances. We have to be happy now. We have to find a way. So how do we do that? How is that possible? If you look around at what society is telling you, they tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, and it's happening through the practice and the love that we call Awakening the Magnificent Soul. We are all magnificent souls, and these are our stories of healing. Today in episode 84, I welcome Elizabeth Kipp to the show to chat about the way through chronic pain and also the power that we hold of inherent healing. Don't forget to let me know your thoughts about this episode or anything you'd like me to cover on future podcasts at epiphanyvault.com. Remember, it is a safe place and I would welcome the discussion. And also, a request if you are enjoying the show, please rate and share and leave a review so that we can get the word out to more and more people who want to heal. And now, on to the show. My guest today, Elizabeth Kipp, is a chronic pain specialist. She's a yoga informed addiction recovery coach. She's an ancestral clearing practitioner, yoga and meditation teacher, and international best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. She focuses on helping people realize the power of their inherent healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attacks, and 32 years of addiction, to prescribed opiate and benzodiazepine medication. She now works to help others achieve the same healing that she experienced directly from the work that she teaches. And now on to the show with Elizabeth Kipp. All right, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show. And this is our second time at recording. And I'm so happy that, um, you know, we had some technical issues and I'm, I'm happy that we're able to uh, have this space and share this space together today. Me too. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> So I wanted to talk to you about chronic pain. Um, I read your book, The Way Through Chronic Pain. It was super insightful for me because I can't really say, although you may beg to differ and I'm, welcome, um, I'm welcoming a diagnosis or anything that you come up with, with me sharing my story, but I can't really say that I've had a whole lot of uh, what I guess would normally be termed chronic pain in my past, I think I've had a lot of emotional pain, which has led me down, um, you know, a very hard road, but I was wondering maybe if we can start off with maybe um, laying some foundation of what is chronic pain and why do you think it's important for us to talk about it and to look at it with ourselves?
1: Beautiful. Thank you for the question. Yeah. Um, So we'll begin with the definition Uh, chronic pain is any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more, any pain, Physical, emotional, mental, financial, any mm. kind of pain, it's all the same to the brain. All those things send the same signal to the brain. It hurts. The brain can't tell the difference between a broken heart and a broken bone. So so that's our working definition. Why is it important? Two things. Chronic pain is chain, uh, changes the brain mm-hmm. and our perception of what's happening. We get um, chaos in the brain. We get brain fog. We can't think straight. Um, We get a lot of negative mind, Mm -hmm. um, uh, blaming others, blaming ourselves. um, I'm not enough. A a lot of that stuff just gets really accentuated. uh, And we have a hard time healing from that. Mm -hmm. And also, I'll give you some statistics. The National Institutes of Health estimates 25% of North America is in chronic pain. All throughout all ages, socioeconomic groups, it doesn't discriminate. And uh, the World Health Organization estimates a fifth of the world. So it's this silent epidemic. And my okay. feeling is underneath that is trauma. Mm-hmm. It shows up as unresolved and chronic pain. And then addiction is the next step. It goes unresolved trauma or traumatic experience, unresolved into chronic pain, into we, we looked and we, we, we develop addictive uh, behaviors just to deal with it. Because yeah. know, it's just easy. It's just the, it's just the way that we try and keep our safe self safe in the world. It's right. The, it's got this horrible addiction. I, I'm an addiction recovery coach. So, you know, I, I can get on my, I can get on my, 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 soapbox about this. Well, yeah, please get on your soapbox. This is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but it, It's, it's about, it's about connection and it's about um, we're carrying this unresolved trauma in the body and we're trying to you where know, we're, we're feel, not feeling safe and we're trying to do something mm-hmm. to feel safe again Was mm-hmm. my email so um very important um understanding kind of what are the roots mm-hmm. um, people say the opposite of i've heard people say and i don't happen to agree the opposite of addiction is abstinence when in fact the opposite mm-hmm. of addiction is connection mm. Yeah, because we're we get disconnected in we get disconnected in the chronic chronic pain experience. We get disconnected in the addiction experience. But here's the thing. In trauma, our response is the thing and we get disconnected there. Yeah. So to heal, we need to do the healing work around the thing that started all of it, which was the unresolved stuff around the right.
0: trauma. Right. The root cause. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm you know, I think I've shared with you before, as I started this podcast in 2018, talking about codependency, which is, you know, a response, uh, an addictive response, if you want to kind of go that route, in in my opinion, and um, I feel like that's a whole nother podcast series. So I'll just leave that at that. But the staggering quote that kind of hit me really hard is what you just said is that one in four people um, suffer from chronic pain. And, you know, I think, what would you say, do, like, I feel like so what I did with my emotional pain is I just kind of instinctively because I had to survive and I had to live, I, I did what you just said, which is like, I really kind of disconnected from myself. And um, I also feel like I just felt numb and maybe like turned off my feelings because it hurt too much to feel. And is that kind of what people typically do you like, why does avoiding and numbing pain, it, for me, it worked for a while and then it didn't work, you know, after a certain amount of time, why is that in your opinion?
1: So I'll, I'll adjust your wording just a little bit. Yeah, please. Uh, it's, I, I don't believe we can turn off our feelings. We suppress them. We get oh, really yeah. good at suppressing yeah. denial. Denial. Don't even know <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right, right. Oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I excelled at that. This thing would happen. Oh, that didn't happen. Next thing, you know. I yeah. just that didn't happen. Next thing. I, I just, <laughs> we do that to survive. That's why we do it. We do it because it, it's it it's the quick, it's the quick fix. Mm-hmm. And also I just kind of feel like this is my experience, my personal experience, and then just I'm just sat in front of so many people that um you know, have told me their story. We don't have good role models about how to deal with our emotions. Oh, yes. So how are we supposed, we're very good at just, right, because it keeps us safe because nobody wants to hear Elizabeth, you know, cry or Mm -hmm. they didn't want my joy either, but that's okay. They they just, you know, children should be seen and not heard, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So we, it's like, you asked me why it's like, we do that to keep ourselves safe in the culture that we're in. Mm -hmm. It works in the short run. It doesn't service in the long run. That's why you had to do healing around it.
0: Right. And that, yeah, that has definitely been true in my experience. It's so funny that you say that too, because Sometimes, you know, I like to say, I used to joke about this, not even kind of knowing the severity of like what I was, I was like self-deprecating humor, but like, I always used to say like, oh yeah, like I'm 30, but I feel like I'm 15 because I feel like emotionally I was like so immature. Um, Yeah. That's just, it's just funny the way that you say that too, because that hit very deeply is that we don't, for whatever reason, as a society. Um, And in our family structure, probably, you know, given examples of being emotionally mature, and then we put, you know, like you're saying, you suppress them. And I love that reframe um, because that's definitely was true for me too. Um, Does the suppression of those emotions, does that lead, in your opinion, to chronic pain?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, an emotional pain can journal into a chronic pain and that's why, because we're just... Mm. And, it, you know, we can only, we call this in chronic pain in the chronic pain world, we call it allostatic load, allostatic mm-hmm. load. Mm-hmm. So it's how much stress is in the system, right? How much right. stress is in the system? Now, I, I think it's very interesting from an evolutionary point of view. Uh, I have a background in biology and I've studied animal behavior and stuff and, and systems and, 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 and stuff like that. And I find it really interesting that the human body, can handle so much noise in the system and still make it to reproduce to the next generation. I find mm-hmm. that amazing, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it but the, the tricky thing is, is to not pass these not optimal behaviors onto our children so we mm-hmm. become transitional characters by breaking the cycle and not and and and, and not passing that stuff on to the next generation Mm -hmm. so just because our parents said you know the only way they could cope you know my parents were coming out of the second world war and we were in a cold war at the time and you Mm -hmm. know they lived through the depression and there was a lot uh, a lot um that they they just had to hold themselves together by their wits and move on that was their that's the frequency they operated at because it's all they knew their wits right we know we have these tools now and so we can guide our children, we can break that pattern and guide our children to healthier, uh, h- healthier responses than this. Yeah. this yeah,
0: absolutely. That's kind of what I found out too, in my healing journey is there's a, like, there's a better way. And I wouldn't, you know, I don't even, you know, I hit, you know, a very low point where I kind of opened up to that possibility because I was like, you know, I don't know if it was God or spirit or kind of like my internal highest self, like knocking on the, on my door and was like, there, this isn't it. Like, this is not it. <laughs> I didn't really know how I was going to get through that, but I did. And like you said, like, it's just, yeah. I just love having these conversations because I feel like it helps people kind of realize that there's something different out there than like what you're used to, even in like in your family group or even in your friend group or, you know, th- things like that. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: There's also the the um the level of consciousness that we're that we move through. We've got different levels of consciousness that we can move through. And most of the time I I was dealing with chronic pain. My level of consciousness is the universe is doing this to me. Mm-hmm. I get in Dr. Peter Prescott's, he wrote a book too, called Conquer Chronic Pain and Innovative Mind-Body mm-hmm. Approach. I teach this book. It's available on Amazon. It's amazing. It's researchery and it's it's like this um beautiful companion to my book. Mm, yeah. Which is more like user's manual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, both, I love that. It was very helpful. Mm-hmm. I got into Dr. Peter's pain management group and he says, What are you doing to contribute to your pain? And I was like, What? <laughs> I'm not doing anything, it's doing it to me. But you know, I realized, you know, um he had a point he took me from victimhood to empowerment just by that question right i suddenly realized i actually have some control over how bad this really is Mm -hmm. Uh, my suffering is is a result of something internal to me right so so the second level of consciousness is the universe is doing it for me third level the universe is is coming through me Mm -hmm. So it's this beautiful co-creative process and, you know, the universe is everywhere. The energy is everywhere. It's not personal. It's just the way it is. It's very <laughs> different, right? So our viewpoint, our perspective on our, our, our condition has a lot to do with, with kind of our healing ability to heal, our openness to healing.
0: Mm, that is so true. I love the way you put that. Oh, that felt good to me. Thank you.
1: <laughs> um I was wondering,
0: you know, uh, we're, uh, you know, I'm introducing you to uh, my audience here and um, you do so many great things right now today. Um, You do, I'm sure there's more, but ancestral clearing and healing, which I'd love to talk about. You work with addictions and chronic pain. Um, I'm sure there's many more on that list as well, but I was wondering if you'd share how you kind of got here Um, because it seems like that you, if, from what I read, you Lived with chronic pain for decades. Um, and let this also led to like, you're saying this process of addiction and then coming out of that. I was wondering if you kind of might, would, would mind sharing your story about how you came to be this, like this beautiful healer that you are today.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. I, um, I, I had, uh, an accident when I was 14, mm. uh, that hurt my back and then the next year, I had a, a really big psychological trauma. And, and coming up to that, I had a lot of unresolved childhood trauma I di- didn't even know I had because I was so <laughs> denying the whole thing, right? <laughs> it's like, move on, next thing, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I had that accident when I was 14, major, uh, broke fifth lumbar uh, front to back in two pieces, and the front part slipped forward and pulled the leg nerves with it. I got up and walked away from the accident. I had no idea that I was like that injured. Inch- I knew that I'd done something, but I mm-hmm. walked so I was like, well, it's just going to hurt for a while. It did. <laughs> it hurt for 2 weeks and then wow. it was just achy. You know, it was just this is a very interesting thing I've just said. Anybody that's got chronic pain that has experience of chronic pain will understand this. I just said something really important. I didn't even know I hurt myself that bad. Mm. I had a history of of dealing with physical discomfort, I had a, I had an irritable bowel as a kid, so which was this constant under, I was required to drink three glasses of milk a day, and nobody knew I couldn't digest the base protein of casein, and I had the stomach ache, all the gut pain all the time, and nobody knew what it was, so I just dealt with it. That's that's a frequency of chronic pain right there. Mm, started so, young. <laughs> yeah, and I was an athlete, and so my, my parents were athletes, and there's a big thing in the culture, and so uh, no pain, no gain was mm. the thing. So, mm. I, fourteen, broke break a, a vertebra in my back. I'm like, oh, well, that hurt. Get up and walk away. I mean, next thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I did hurt. I didn't get on a horse for two weeks, but I did. After two weeks, I got back on, and that, that I can tell you that bone wasn't healed by then. Mm. Anyway, so. The whole thing became unstable 14 years later. And I um, and the, and I'd been, the chiropractors had been, had been helping me deal with it for about seven years. And, and then they said, well, you know, some of our patients need surgery and you're one of them. So that's when the pain medicine started. So three surgeries, three structural surgeries and a corrective surgery. So four surgeries later and 32 years of opiates and benzodiazepines later, Mm. I go into Dr. Peter Preskopf's program, mostly because the the doctors had no other plan. They're just like, this is, you have to take these drugs. This is the best we can do because they Mm -hmm. they assumed I wouldn't heal. That's a really important, their assumption was you have to live with this for the rest of your life. The assumption was Elizabeth's not going to heal. They never asked the question, why isn't Elizabeth not, why is she not healing? They never asked that question. They just assumed I wouldn't. Really important to understand that when you're in a doctor's office and I love them. They're great. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying, understand their perspective and their limitation, right? So Dr. Peter really understood chronic pain. He understood how it, how it affects the brain. And, and uh, so I walked into his program. Uh, And 52 with 40 years of 40 years plus of chronic pain walked out 52 days later, no pain. Mm. And he had a 94% success rate so it was like his his thing worked. It was great. I I wish he was still with us because he uh, he he had a great program. He passed away a few years ago, Uh, but I
0: seems like you're carrying the torch. Yeah, I certainly
1: am. Now you can also uh, Dr. Joe uh, Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. he's and and uh, was a, a also you know he's kind of it's the same vein. If anybody knows Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, amazing work. And then um, also uh, Dr. Uh, Sarno, Dr. Sarno, who's not with us anymore either, uh, understood this is his model as well. So we're we're uh, there were a few doctors that really understood the the, the holistic viewpoint on chronic pain. That was what that, and I, and I was so impressed. And also there was Ancestral Clearing was a piece of Dr. Peter's program. I was so impressed with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, John Newton of Health Beyond Belief uh, was a, a wellness consultant in, in that program. And he was doing Ancestral Clearing. It was, pheno- I was, I was phenomenal. Mm. How much a lot of my pain just cleared on the spot. So uh, Peter brought Qigong as well we had meditation. I was already a meditator. He, I just was better to, I was, I was so clean of, I was clean of all my medication. So my meditation was much stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's how I got on this path. I, I, I remember staying in hospital. Um, uh, at, at first it was, if I ever get better, then it was when I get better, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give back because so many people supported me, I, I'm going to give back to the people that, that, that need it. Because I, I was helped so much by so many. Mm. Right? I was mm-hmm. like I've got this debt, you know. I've got to I've got to give back. <laughs> so that was number one. Number two was when I was in uh, in treatment and I was in Dr. Peter's program. Twenty of us on campus went to Dr. Peter's pain management. Everybody else was was straight relapse school, and I didn't get to go to relapse school because I was in pain track. So I said to my counselor, well, I'm not getting anything on relapse. I I, I need to get educated on that. And she said, here are the statistics. Mm. There's an 80% relapse rate in the first year. And this is what went in my mind when I heard that. I'm doomed because of the odds. And the second was, What's wrong with this model? Because I started as a social so, as a social scientist, and I was like, "There's something wrong with this model." That <laughs> doesn't feel
0: quite right to me. <laughs>
1: something wrong here, and so, and I don't say that lightly. And so, in that moment, uh, I, I said, "You know, when I get out of here, actually, if I get out of here, because there was a question at the time,
0: mm-hmm. if I get out
1: of here, when I get out of here, I'll do whatever I can to help move the needle on the mm-hmm. rear." So that's why i'm here yeah wow yeah. so i work with people in recovery i'm really focused on the chronic pain aspect of it and i teach trauma-informed yoga as well so i'm I'm really speaking to the underbelly of what gets us into addiction in the first place
0: yeah, yeah. i love that too because you are you know i i think it's kind of a revolution that's coming but i love that because you're also touching on like the root of the of the issue which um you know from my opinion, like the, all, a lot of the addiction stuff out there really doesn't. It's about what you're saying, like abstinence, 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 but that is, you know, I had a, a problem with food for a long time. And that is like, you know, that's maybe the worst <laughs> thing that you can offer someone because like, I made a lot of meaning about myself about, cause I wasn't able to stick to a program or I wasn't able to do, you know, like a, I kept repeating these behaviors, but I just love that um, you're just kind of, it's like, you're kind of, you're bringing so many different levels into what you're doing. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. I, I teach, uh, I teach, I lead uh, a food addiction um, meeting uh, twice a week mm. on the recovery 2.0 platform. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and we work with that. We, you know, yeah. we, and, but it's, it's interesting because my experience around Addiction, if you look at, if you look at addiction, we, in in R2O, we look at six, six main addictions, drugs, alcohol, food, relationship, money, technology, Wow. four aggravations, Tommy says, Tommy Rosen says four, Mm -hmm. I had this one, Um, procrastination, Mm -hmm. uh, self-doubt, negative thinking and resentment. I had a fifth one, judgment. Mm. So these are all things that we they're all addictive frequencies we get into right food is a big piece but here's the thing if we don't get to the underbelly of what is the food how is the food addiction or any other addiction serving you because it is if you're yeah. continuing to use it it's serving you in some way and then look at that and say well you know how is that related to trauma unresolved trauma in your in your past and right. then work with that how are you ever going to uh, heal that's why we have a big relapse rate i feel oh yeah because we're not totally root where it's just it's just it, we're having difficulty getting to the root. and yeah. i love 12-step I, I you know it, it, i have a beautiful group here that i work with and they're amazing uh here on narcotics anonymous local and i work with recovery 2.0 and i love that um and my program is holistic and Mm -hmm. it deals with the trauma on the physical level through the yoga that i do the yoga and meditation and then it also you know i I work with a therapist so Mm -hmm. uh, i need to and i work with acupuncture i i have this holistic um and and diet you know my diet is 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 careful and i still Mm -hmm. have tendencies where i i'll eat a meal my big meal tends to be at lunch and uh, i'll eat a meal and (laughs) just the other day it happened again so i would totally relate to you Mm -hmm. i was um I was eating, I had a, I felt full in my stomach and my brain was going, where's the food? You haven't, food mm. you need words more, 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 more. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hold up. I'm full. What, what's that? And I knew, <laughs> I knew that's, I just slipped into the frequency of addiction again. Something, yeah. in my brain. I don't know what it was. I, I, I wasn't aware of what set that off at the moment, but at least I knew it was happening and I knew to breathe and it was gone in about 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. same. That happened it. to me last night too. I went to dinner, you know, I called it, I call it storm mode. <laughs> so, you
1: know, like,
0: so yeah. Oh gosh. That's so, so powerful. I just, the, you know, the, like the message that I just keep receiving is like, there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way. Because again, like when I'm, um, when I was in the thick of it, I had no idea. Like I didn't know that there was, you know, I just, yeah. So I just love these types of conversations. Um, So many different ways that we can go. What something that really stood out to me in your book was what something that you call the cycle of suffering. And again, this is me not, um, not like identifying with chronic pain, but then realizing that, you know, a lot of my life has been circled around some kind of pain, emotional pain for me for the most part. But I was wondering, um, when you pointed out the cycle of suffering, I was like, oh gosh, like I felt very seen and i feel as though my audience may as well i was wondering if you if you feel um, okay kind of maybe briefly going through that or whatever you feel comfortable with
1: yes i'd love to i came up with this because i was doing it yeah <laughs> i was in early i'm raising recovery. my hand right now <laughs> yeah, right i was in an early recovery and i and i and i had an experience and i, and I was able to be aware watch my behavior and i've just been a meditator for a long time and it enables mm-hmm. you to watch your behavior right even though you're doing it you're watching yeah and i saw this and i was like oh my goodness that's that's amazing that's a thing you know that's <laughs> a thing i i think we all this is what humans do
0: right so. oh gosh yes and i love that um i love that too because what i've learned with my healing is that i can like when I kind of see myself doing patterns and systems and I can think of it, it's just, I don't know, it's just very healing because it, it does something, I don't know, but I guess please continue. <laughs>
1: uh, well, it's, it's enlightening. We're, we're yes, all starting, that's, you know, a light bulb goes off. we got an aha moment. Oh, look what I'm up to. Right. that mm-hmm. kind of. Thing. So it's, it's got five elements and I'll, and I'll go through them, but I'll just name them first. Disconnection, isolation, judgment, attachment, control, mm-hmm and resentment this is how it works so and I'll come from a point of view of pain remembering that it can be emotional physical it doesn't really matter it's all the same to the brain we have a chronic pain experience meaning we're 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 having this intense experience and it's lasting right it's 15 days out of 30 for 3 months or more so it's on for even grief can be considered a chronic pain event right so We feel disconnected in that experience because we can't share it with somebody else. Now, we can complain to others, Mm. but we can't actually share it with others. It's our personal thing. And we also get get disconnected from who we were before we had all this pain. Like we're not who we were. We're this thing now, right? So disconnection. And in our disconnection, we experience being isolated because we are. And then we judge our experience as bad. I don't want to be here. This is horrible. Let me out of here. Go away. I want to get rid of this. I did it for years, but you know, I'm not the only one. Then we get attached to the suffering, right? To the to the relationship. It's it's this. Um, I'm in relationship with this chronic pain. I don't want it, and because I don't want it, we're in a relationship with it. We're attached. It's like the Chinese finger puzzle. Mm-hmm. The more you try and get out of it, the more it tightens. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like that. So we get attached. Then we try and control the situation. We're attached in relationships, Then we try and control the relationship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work because pain's always going to win when we're doing that. And then we get a resentment. It makes us really angry. We get a resentment. And we get so mad the whole thing starts over again more disconnection more isolation judging even worse (laughs) bigger attachment you know uh more control more angry and the cycle just it just it's just Mm. spiral yeah now you can go the other way but i'm just so you can do it you can positively spin out of that but which is what the book's about pretty much Mm -hmm. but yeah just understanding the dynamic of that cycle is really healing. Just yeah that's what I'm up to. Look at that. I'm doing that, you know.
0: Yeah. And that brings to mind for me, like what I'm I'm really, really personally, and I'm more than happy to talk about this, but what I'm really mad about in like the self help and self-development space right now is things like we have to fight. You know, we have to be hard and we have to like fight it and um but that's just a personal thing for me. But that, that's what came up when you were talking about these, this cycle of suffering is that, and this is what I've learned in, in, in healing myself. And what I, what I teach with, with my clients as well, is that the, the more that we fight it, the, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so like this, like, you know, it's kind of very all encompassing with what you've been talking about today is, but it just came up for me is that I'm just I'm tired of, I'm just tired of that rhetoric of, oh, you got to fight your pain or you got to like, you it's know, incorrect. yeah, it I, I absolutely have, is incorrect.
1: I will give you a great example of how I, I learned that in this, I told you I was an athlete. So, so I have this, Same. I yeah. have this, you know, hardcore go for it kind of attitude. I, 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 I always get up when I fall down kind of thing I'm working with, um, I was working with John Newton, by the way. One time, this is a Help beyond belief guy that does the ancestral clearing, and and uh, he's an he's a martial art. He has a martial arts in his background, so he he mm-hmm. and I knew that about him. And and I'm talking to him about my anxiety, and 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 uh, and, and so I'm just I'm like you know just oh, mm-hmm. so my recovery. I was still wound up like a top, and and uh, and he said and he said surrender, and I looked at him and I said surrender. I never surrendered to anything in my life. <laughs> he said, he said, I said, when I, when I fall down, I get back up. This is what he said. Stay down. Oh, you hear the silence. I hesitated. I'm like, what is this guy crazy? But because it was John and I knew he had this martial arts background and I knew a little bit about Kung Kung Fu, Qigong and stuff and uh, Tai Chi. I knew a little bit. I knew enough to know, Elizabeth, you got something to learn here. Maybe he's on to something, right? So I and he said, "What if you just, uh, what if you just uh, let let God take all of it?" Mm-hmm. Now that's kind of religious for those things, but you could just say, "Why don't you just allow yourself to release control trying your release your control over all of it?" And I was like, again, part of me was like, "What is this guy crazy?" and I. And then, I, but the other part of me was like, give it a try. So for about 10 seconds, I just stopped trying to control this anxiety and it just dissipated. It just disappeared. Boom, gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about, surrender. That's what that means in mm-hmm. the recovery world. That's what surrender truly means. You know, you, you can't come to me with something like surrender or let it go without some kind of grounded action step because... It's just going to land as dismissive to me, you know, it's not going to land as instructive. It's going to land as dismissive and, and I, and I don't do well. I'm, how I'm going to learn from that. Right.
0: Yes. And it seems, yeah, I think the let go thing is another thing for me, but yeah, it just seems like, I don't know, for me, it like just seems so impersonal and it just doesn't seem, I don't even know. I don't have words really to describe it, but it does just doesn't seem, it's like, it seems isolating to me, which is, uh, you know, that's like the opposite yeah. of what
1: we're going for. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is yeah. connection. And basically all the opposite words that you just mentioned in the cycle of suffering. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that so much.
1: So um, in, our, in, our, in our relationship with pain, the ideal is to notice that we have an, we're having an intense sensation experience and leave it at that. So, as long as I'm fighting with it, you know, imagine, and I've used this before, imagine that you're, the energy moving through, the universal energy moving through you is the the force of Niagara Falls, just Mm. universal energy coming through you, right? We have a pain experience, we judge it. That's like putting a pipe around Niagara Falls. See the resistance, right? As soon as we stop judging our experience and just go, well, this is really intense, and just allowing it to be there the pipe disappears and it's just any yeah. pain part goes away it's just a lot of energy the pain the the, the stress around the and sensation actually goes away I've done it with my when I broke my wrist I was I didn't have any medication on board I broke this I broke this arm in seven places blew out the wrist in the bottom of the hand it was in a cast for a while and it really hurt wow. no medication mm-hmm. and that's how I did it I just stopped judging the pain. It was a big meditation, <laughs> it was Yeah, a big meditation, but it's doable, right?
0: It is doable. And, and for those, you know, I, I'm sure you would agree with this. And I think you just mentioned this is that for me, it was a practice of just like you said, like doing it for 10 seconds. And then, you know, and, and as it's like, almost this like, for me, it's like this wave of like, self-kindness and self-compassion and self-love um you know now that I'm thinking about that I I have been practicing that kind of not even consciously um I guess more unconsciously because the more that I heal the more I was able to open up to like self you know all of these like loving things that I could do for myself but I've done that with like my menstrual pain um it's just like sit there and sit in it and like um not judge it and um sometimes I like imagine kind of what's going on inside of my body you know and just like and and sooner or later it does like it takes a while like an hour or so and sooner or later my pain it just dissipates
1: and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well done that's that's it's it's a it's a testament to the work you've done mm-hmm. to take the judgment off it and just allow to be, just be curious that's huge that's amazing and what what thank a, you. What a beautiful role model you are for others. Yeah.
0: Uh, thank so you. i you're a coach. In this <laughs> thank <laughs> we you. Need,
1: we need an army. <laughs> we,
0: we really do. And I think it's coming. I have a good feeling that it's coming. So, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I think, you know, well, we can go another different path is that, but like women, I think, you know, there's so much judgment around our period and some like, you know, things that we're supposed to hate, like we're supposed to hate our period and all that stuff. But yeah, I, that's like another avenue. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, yeah. Judging our yeah. experiences is, is, uh, is yeah. a big part of uh, what locks it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's
0: see. You know, what I'm really curious about, I don't know if you kind of want to stick I'm kind of leave this up to you, but if, if there's anything about the the chronic pain stuff that, that we haven't covered that you think is important, but I'm also really curious about what you do with ancestral healing. Um, I don't know what that is. And I'm just like, just really curious about that, but I want to kind of leave it to you as far as what direction to go to right now and, and what you're feeling intuitively.
1: Uh, I, I'd love to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, it, it was a big part of my, uh, healing from chronic pain. Uh, and I, I was so I was so excited about it. My science hat was on when I first experienced it. I was like, and I, and I had this big experience where I, I just a lot of my pain just cleared on the spot. I was like, what is this? Is it is it is it measurable and and is it reproducible and does he teach it? You know, like, it's like all that stuff went through my head in about five seconds. Yes, give it all to me now. <laughs> and it it turns out the answer to all of those is yes (laughs) this is amazing so i went and learned how to do it and as soon as i could get to a training after treatment i went right into the first training and i've been doing this work everywhere on the planet somewhere everywhere uh for seven and a half years yeah and i i do group stuff I, i do it live when we're not in covid i do it live in groups uh, and I do online groups, and I do it a private one to one, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, what is it? So, it's based on, and there's a premise around this. It's based on the 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 understanding that we come into this life with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors, and that happens through imprints on the DNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, epigenetics is a is a is a spinoff from genetics. Which is addresses the 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 um, switches on the outside of the genes that can be turned on or off depending on the environment. Ancestral clearing works on that level. Hmm. So, say just I think because I would, we see this so much in the practice. Say you have uh, in your family and you kind of picked up that frequency um, of warriors in the family. You you've got you know women that worry all the time and men have this too, but women really carry it. Mm-hmm. and so you know you there's this ah this kind of underlying anxiety that's in the in the family that the women are just always worried fussing about something that's that's something we can actually address in ancestral clearing we go to the root and into the ancestry around and and i'll give you an example of how we how we work that process wow okay but uh um and i'll tell you what's interesting uh, the most recent study I saw uh, around this whole topic was not with humans, but with rats. So it's not just, you know, it's mammals, it's not just humans, right? This guy runs a, a rat lab and um, that's what he does. And, you know, for people that do research and he raised these baby rats, you know, in the lab. And he uh, they're all playing in the community rat room one day. And he takes a cat hair and puts it right down in the middle of the room and they all scatter. Boom, right? <laughs> They've never met a cat. Right. That work, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that? true. Yeah. So information from the past generations get carried into this generation. Mm-hmm. Information. So it's, it's, uh, it's all useful information or it wouldn't get carried and we, we get lost. You know, and, and things do, you know, mutations and things like that. Information does get lost in systems, but the stuff that we, we carry stuff that's useful information, depending on what we run into in the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have, um, I came in with a, with a, with a hellacious um, phobia of spiders is something I've worked on throughout my life, but I don't have one with snakes. And, and I've got clients that are freaked out about snakes and really don't care about spiders or they maybe they don't like both, you know, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's already in the, it's imprinted danger, danger. It's imprinted. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so we also come in with trauma from uh, unresolved trauma from war and from domestic abuse and from things like slavery and so forth. So I'm sitting in Lawrence, Kansas, the home to the uh, oldest and largest Indigenous American university. And and uh, so there's plenty of, uh, and, and from time to time, I have the honor of working with them. I work with a lot of people that have a mixed in, in, in this Kansas City area. There's this mix of of uh, indigenous and, and, and uh, Caucasian European, mm-hmm. got I've worked with a lot of those, and they they all carry a very similar burden. Okay. Most of it's around not being able. Most of it's around not being able to access joy. Now, if you had mm-hmm. the kind of if you had the kind of um, extermination background that the indigenous Americans have in your and in, in, in your in your family, would you'd have a little trouble accessing joy too? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we address that stuff. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: can give you guys an experience of it just in about three, maybe two minutes. I can give you a two minute experience of it. I'm open. You like that? Yeah. So yeah. everyone that's listening, um, whether it's uh, on the replay, it's just as powerful on the replay as it is live here with Lily and me. Um, uh, just uh, put your attention on your body. And just notice, uh, relax the breath. And I want you to just kind of um, just kind of notice the body as you hear these words. We'll, we'll use the word uh, creator as the thing that created the world, uh, the, uh, the universe, the, the all that is. Um, God t- can have a spin to it, so we've used the word creator. So, because we're asking for creator's um, assistance here. So creator for everyone listening to this podcast and all of their ancestors through all space, all time, dimension, realms, lifetimes, and incarnations, for all the hurts and wrongs ever done to them in thought, word, or action, any hurts and wrongs they did to themselves and any hurts and wrongs they did to others, whether knowingly or unknowingly, please help them all to forgive and release one another, forgive themselves, Please and thank you. For any time anyone was abandoned, not supported, nurtured or loved the way they needed. Times they abandoned others, weren't able to support, nurture and love others the way they needed. And times they were out of integrity with themselves. Please help them all to forgive one another and forgive themselves. Please and thank you. For all war, battle, Holocaust, injustice of any kind, Please help them all to forgive and release one another, forgive themselves, find peace with one another and find peace with themselves now and forever, please and thank you. Now take a breath in and let it out and just notice how that feels in the body. And that was about 45 seconds. Mm.
0: Yeah. For me, I felt a lot of, um, like muscle release, especially in my shoulders.
1: Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, we carry that stuff in our shoulders. Why don't we do a little bit around, um, around addiction since that's maybe in our audience. Um, uh, for all the times, um, we didn't get love for all the times there was scarcity for all the times the men came back from the hunt and didn't have, um, weren't came back empty-handed for any time the parents had to choose which child was going to eat and which one was going to go hungry and Mm -hmm. for all the heartache around that for any time anyone held a secret and felt out of integrity by doing so for all addictive behaviors uh including codependency gambling sex addiction all of them Um, Please help them all to forgive one another, forgive themselves for all mental illness, for all the times anyone experienced uh, any kind of trauma and was unable to resolve it. Everything that led up to it in the lineage and everything that uh, emanated down into the lineage because of it, please help them all to forgive one another and forgive themselves. Help them all release one another and release themselves. find peace with one another find peace with themselves please and thank you there you go
0: Mm, thank you for that you're welcome i think i've had my therapy for today now thank you
1: (laughs) you can see why i like it i it's just like you know it's it's the 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 light that we 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 release stuff and um I, I love, you know, 50 minute sessions is pretty amazing because <laughs> we wow. right the, we've got five techniques we use. I just used one where we have five techniques to the process and we can really get to the root of what's coming up for you in this moment around your lineage. So,
0: yeah. And what I love about that is it's not like for me, my experience with, with what you just um, took us through is that it's not cognitive, like it's not in our mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Um mm-hmm. you know,
0: um that's in the body. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, we were able to kind of get past the mind with this work. As if you can just put your attention on um the sensation in the body as the words do their it's kind of like a word medicine thing. And yeah. it's very in, a very interesting process. Yeah. Now we do we do need people to be able to be present. And some people um who have had trauma um, are not able to be present. So right. uh, we still, they still get help. That that, that would be like the the, the the 0.1% of the people that I work with aren't able to be present. They still get help, but they don't get as much. They don't, they don't, their, their needle doesn't come down as far.
0: Right. Yeah. They,
1: you, we need you to be, we need you to be present um, so that you can just, you know, uh, kind of a wow. And if we're so guarded that we can't even be present that, that that's a different story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's so true. So true. Well, I just loved our conversation today and, and now I feel very relaxed and now I feel like, Oh, you can probably hear it in my voice after that beautiful session. So I appreciate that. Um, you, your book is out right now, the way through chronic pain I know that you you have a collaborative
1: project that's coming out here pretty soon, correct? I do. It's um it's it's the second book in this series, The Ancestors Within. This is the first one. The second one will have uh, a red cover, and it's called The Ancestors Within. Discover and connect with your ancient origins. And my chapter is um it's it's so cool. It's we've had it's a book. It's going to be. a four book series and 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 amy gillespie who spearheaded this thing has found 25 um hopefully it'll be 100 by the time we're done 25 uh people in the ancestral healing arts to write a story of what they do and so each book now i'm, in, I'm probably in being all four so some of us will be in all four but, but there's a lot of mix and match and new people um so it's very interesting uh everybody's got a different little. Um, beautiful tool that they bring around dealing with the ancestors my chapter in this one so the first book my chapter was on ancestral clearing this one is on empathy and ancestors cultivating empathic skills to connect and work with your ancestors so it's kind Mm. of like best practices for you to um, connect and work with the ancestors but not take their energy on Mm. Yes. Pe- people say that, I mean, people, people complain about that. So I'm like, yeah, that's not a thing. Let's just approach it from this perspective and you'll, you'll be good.
0: Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Just, Great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to uh, diving into that. I love, I would just love this conversation today too. Um, where else can, where can people find you? Where do you do your most um, um, public interaction? Or uh, I know that if they're interested in, in uh, looking to see all the projects that you're working on right now, where can people find you?
1: Thank you. You can find me at elizabeth Kip.com. You got to put the hyphen in there because elizabethkip.com is a photographer and a web designer, and that's not me. She's amazing, <laughs> but it's not a lot of So elizabeth kipcom uh, you, you can find out all that stuff. You can email me at elizabeth at kipcom and you can find me on social media all over the place.
0: So. Okay, cool. I'll link all of that to make it easy for the listeners, and I really appreciate you for uh, this time and coming on the show today.
1: Well, gosh, thanks so much, Lily. I, I really appreciate the the opportunity to come and 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 uh, and and share share with you, uh, have a conversation with you, and and share what I do with your with your audience. I really
0: appreciate. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's my pleasure. Thank you.